The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Yoma has been dedicated in memory of Mazal Bat Esther Baghdadi and Yosef Ben Mazal Baghdadi by their family. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated anonymously in honor of Bnei Yisrael, in honor of the children of Israel. The scale mitzvot. Daf Ayin He. Today's daf is being studied by Alun Shmat. Abraham ben Esther, Hashem, Amen. Amen. We begin today's daf on Ayin Dalit Amud Bed, <coughs> and we are going to actually begin three lines from the bottom uh, on the Derasha that we started yesterday, and we'll review it today, and we'll go further. We're going to start from Amar Lishtakish. Lishtakish says, Tov Yoter Migufo Shel Maase. So the Shakish comes along and says that it's uh, more pleasurable to look at a lady, Yoter Migufo Shel Maase. More pleasurable than the actual act itself. Shene Iman, Gemara quotes the Pasuk, Tob Mare Ainaim, better is the look of the eyes, the view of the eyes. Mehalach Dafish from the um, pleasure that enters the person's uh, body, so to speak. So the question is, what was the Shtakishir trying to tell me? Uh, what was his message to tell me that uh, looking at the woman is more pleasurable? So the Tosfot Yeshanim writes that the Kavanah the Dinasha is to warn Bene Adam. It's trying to motivate us to be more careful with our shemirat aynaim. Because a person shouldn't say, well, I didn't do anything, I just uh, looked. You know, I didn't touch, I didn't uh, commit any avira. So the Gemara is going to say the contrary, that it's more uh, beneficial sometimes when you're looking than the actual ma'aseh itself. The Chida writes uh, regarding this Tosfot Yeshanim, Devarav Hayim Vikayamim, that his words are uh, uh, alive and true, Uchvar Mina'ama Samag, the Samag in his Sefer Amizvot counts as one of the Tariag, the Isur of his Taklud, Benashim. Uba Bazel Lilmod Mapasukedelotim Dartam Shilamonaam. So it's trying to remove the misconception from the people. They think it's less than the actual ma'aseh. The Aida says that uh, when things are seen by the eyes, in the upper worlds, the pigam is much greater. In a uh, sefer called Orahama, he says that the purpose of Rishtakish's derash was that the reason why looking is worse than the actual ma'aseh is in the after effect. Which means after a person commits the actual act physically, so he's filled with remorse. I mean, he knows he did something wrong. So right away he invades uh, teshuvah, and uh, we hope he doesn't do it again. But when it comes to looking, he doesn't even think he did anything wrong. And therefore, he doesn't feel any remorse, and therefore he doesn't make uh, teshuvah. So therefore, the after effect of a sin of looking is worse, because he doesn't have any guilt. 
that therefore the Avon is greater. Comes the Gemara and continues. The Pasuk says in Mishle. Actually, the beginning of the Pasuk says, Altere Yayin Kiyit Adam. I don't look at the redness of the wine. And then the end of the Pasuk says, Kiyiten Bakos Eno. That when he puts his eye in his cup, Yitalech Bemesharim. He will walk straight. Mesharim, he will walk freely. So the Gebaraz Doresh over here. Kiyiten Bakos Eno, Yitalech Bemesharim, Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Asi. Hadamar kol anoten eno bekoso anybody that puts his eye in his cup. Lashi says ohev shichrut. He likes to drink. He has his eye always in his cup. So the Gemara says about such a person kol arayot kulan domot alad kemishor. All the forbidden relationships arayot. To him, looks like a mishor, meaning a, a straight plane, which means nothing's a suit to the guy. I mean, when a guy leaves a life of uh, drinking, so therefore even the biggest isurim of arayot, he walks uh, without any uh, any problems, which means he thinks it's okay. The hadamar, and one rabbi gave a different interpretation, again, somebody that puts his eye in his cup, again he's addicted to drinking. So that she explains Mamon The money of others to him becomes permissible. Which means he uh, he will end up coming to steal. So the Maharsha explains over here. And this interpretation that when she's trying to tell us that after he runs out of money because he can't feed his addiction of drinking, so now he's going to come and start stealing money from others. The Ben Ishchayin Ben Yoyadah says that usually a person that likes to drink, he likes to drink with others. It's uh, social drinking. He likes to drink uh, in a group. And usually we're talking about over here a sport, he says, where he invites his friends over and he... You know, the drinks are on him, and he pays for it. And what's going to happen now? It's going to be very expensive, because he's not only paying for himself, but he's paying for others. And he's not going to be able to continue this uh, drinking uh, habit that he has. And therefore, he's going to come and steal and rob money in order for him to continue these bad habits. Comes Gemaran says, another pasuk. Pasuk in Mishleh as well. De'aga belev ish yashchenna. The agabe ish, if a person has a trouble uh, in his heart, yashchena literally means to bury it or to uh, squash it. Right, squash it. So now the Gemara gives a derash on the word yashchena. Rabbi Amiv Rabbi Ase had Amar yashchena midato. Some they learned the word instead of reading it yashchena with a they read it with a c. Yashchena meaning. Divert your mind from it. Yes, remove it from your uh, from your mind. You have a problem? Try to you know get your mind off of it. And others say no. Speak it out. Speak it out. You have a problem? Speak it out to somebody else. So that she says that maybe they have a, a, an advice to him. Now, what are these two interpretations uh, referring to? So. The Tosfot Yom Kippurim 
explains that according to the opinion that says you should remove the problem from your mind. So this is talking about a person had a loss. He suffered a loss already. So there's nothing you can do going forward. The loss is the loss. So the only thing you can do is just try to forget about it. Yeah, yes, According to the second interpretation, it's he has a problem that he's in now and he needs advice. To get out of it. So therefore the second interpretation says go speak it out with somebody else and maybe the guy will be able to give him advice. So the Maharsha explains based on these two short the end of the Pasuk. The end of this Pasuk says, Vedavar Tov Yesamehenna. And a Davar Tov, a good thing, will make him uh, happy. So the Maharsha says like this, according to the first interpretation, he, he went through the problem already. He lost the money. There's nothing he could do now. So, divert your mind from it. How? Davar tov. What's tov? Tov is Torah. Davar tov is Let him go study Torah. The Torah will take his mind off his problems. Or davar tov, a good word. Davar tov, a good word of advice from his friend that can tell him exactly... How to get out of it? We'll give him uh, happiness. Comes the on continues... Now we quote a uh, pasuk, also, uh, this is actually a pasuk in Yeshayahu, regarding the Nahash, the snake. The Nahash afar lahmo. The snake, his bread is the afar, right? The dirt. He eats dust. Even if he eats the most pleasurable, delectable foods in the world, the snake... Everything to the snake tastes like afar. That's the pasuk is saying. Even his leh and even other foods taste like the dust. Even if he eats all the pleasurable foods in the world, and he's not uh, at peace. His mind is not settled. Until he eats uh, dust. So the Mepharshim once again explain uh, this concept. Uh, the Ben Yoyada says, why is he only uh, pacified when he eats dust? Because whenever the snake remembers what happened to him, how... Uh, the curse that he got as a result of what he did to Adam and Rishon, it changed his whole, uh, his whole life around. Originally the snake was uh, able to talk, communicate, it had four legs, it had a, uh, a sechel, and as a result of the sin, he lost everything. So therefore the snake is constantly bitter, says the Ben Yishai, on what happened to him. But then when he looks at the dust, and he sees the curse that God gave the ground. Because when Adam and Yishun sinned, he also got punished Adam. And God said that the ground is not going to produce, and you're going to have to work for a living, and you're going to have to plow the ground, and you're going to have to, you know, reap, and you're going to have to do all the different melachot. So the snake is consoled as misery loves company. Which means when he sees, that I'm not the only one, the guy got punished for this. Adam and Yishun got paid for this also. So he's always reminded of the kilala of Adam, when he sees the dirt, because the dirt was uh, punished uh, as a result of Adam as well. So that's why he's not pacified, says the Benish Ishai, until he eats or has the afar. Comes the Gemaran, continues. 
And actually, the Benish Chai says, not only the punishment that, the, that the, the, the ground is going to be cursed, but God punished Adam, El Afar Tashuv. That man is going to return to the Afar, which there was the death sentence that was put on Adam Rishon. So that's consoling to the Nahash. Comes again, says, Tanya, we have a Braita. The way God acts is not the same way human beings act. And the way the normal human being acts, if he is fighting with his friend, so he goes after him up to his life, which means when a person is taking revenge against his enemy, he goes after him without any mercy. That she says, Bechol davar Whatever loss he can cause his friend, whatever damage, he does it. But Hakadosh Baruch Hu enokin. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is not so. Kilel tanachash. He cursed the snake. However, what type of curse was it? Olel legag mizunotav imo. The snake goes up to the roof. His food is there. Yored lemata mizunotav imo. He goes down. His food is there. So it was a curse, but there's a blessing there. Wherever the snake goes, there's always afar. His uh, his food is always accessible to him. Kilel et kenaan. When uh, God cursed kenaan, that was the descendant of Noah. Ochel mashirabo ochel veshote mashirabo shote. Which means Canaan was cursed as a result of to, to what he did to his uh, uh, grandfather, uh, uh, Ham uh, was cursed, or, or Canaan was cursed as a result of what was done to his grandfather Noah uh, after he came off the Teba, and uh, they cursed him that what Eved Avadim that he's going to be a slave to his brothers. That's a curse, but there's a blessing to be a slave. Whatever the master eats, the slave eats. Whatever the master drinks, the, the, the slave uh, uh, eats. Which is, he has his parnasah for the rest of his life. Kilel ta'isha. God also cursed the lady. Hava, after she ate from the tree. Hakol ratzin achareha. And what? Everybody still chases her. And we'll explain all these dirashot in a second. I mean, even after the curse, everybody is still chasing the lady. Or actually because of the curse, they're all chasing, as we will see. Right? God cursed the ground. Everybody uh, gets sustenance from the ground itself. So the Mepharashim explained like this. Uh, regarding the uh, snake. What was the actual curse then? If bottom line, wherever the snake goes, he has his food with him. Right, there's always afar, so technically he's luckier than even man, which is we go to certain places, we don't have uh, food. So what's the kid Allah? So the uh, Bunim uh, says, one of the Hasidic masters explained that the curse of the snake is that God gives him everything, and therefore there's nothing that he can pray for. The biggest curse that a person can has is, have is that Bore Olam cuts off the rights for communication. And that's why he takes away Panasah from human beings. Because he wants to hear from us. We pray, we ask him. So the fact that Panasah doesn't come so easy for us is because God wants to forge a relationship with us. And therefore, he takes away something like a father that wants to see his son. So he holds back something so the son's got to come visit the father. He knows he's got to pick up his allowance. But there's another father that gives his kid allowance the whole allowance once a year. I don't want to see you. Take all your money, don't show up. So that's what happened to the snake. He does like, here's all you 
your food for the rest of eternity. I don't want to talk to you. Don't pray. Don't do anything. So that's the biggest curse of the snake. That he took away the ability to pray. The Benish Chai says, what does this mean? God cursed the snake. God cursed Hava. But everybody runs after. So, the sin of Hava was she caused Adam Rishon, let's say, to eat from the tree. And she spilled his blood. Because he got a death sentence as a result of it. So Midak and Egil Midak, what Elam said that the lady is going to bleed once a month. So the Benish Chai says, God could have made it that she gets a bloody nose every month. And that's a curse. She'll become weakened from it. She'll become uh, tired from it. Why did he make it that the bleeding comes from Otomakom? So the Benish Chai says, there's a berachat, there's a silver lining there. Why? Because now that she becomes forbidden for the husband... Right? For a certain period of the month. So therefore, now the husband has a tremendous amount of uh, ahava, uh, 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 love or yearning to be with his wife. So the kilala actually makes the wife more uh, uh, um, appealing to the husband. So therefore, it was a curse, but it ends up enhancing the shalom bite between a man and his wife. That's the way the Benish Chai explains. Comes the Gemaran continues... Now we quote a pasuk that the Jewish people said when they were in the uh, Midbar and they were complaining. Zacharnu et adaga asher nochal b'misraim hinam. Now the Jewish people said, ah, we remember the daga that we ate in Misraim for free. So the Gemara now is going to ask us, what does this daga mean? Rabu Shmuel, Hadamar dagim. One says, is actually referring to fish, and they remember the free fish that they used to get to eat in Egypt the Hadamar, and one opinion says, Arayot, that they remember the Arayot I mean, the, the, the word Daga in this sense of it has a connotation to mean Arayot, the forbidden the relationships, uh, what does this mean? She's in Egypt not that they committed forbidden relationships but before the Torah was given a person was allowed to be with more of his relatives than after the Torah. And therefore they were saying, we remember the uh, uh, laws of Arayot, that we were, the lenient laws of Arayot, or the more liberal laws that we were able to keep as Bene Noah, when we were in Misraim, and now uh, once the Torah is given, uh, we're limited in exactly who we can marry. <coughs> the Torah says, Man de'amar dagim. Now, according to the opinion that says, they remember the fish, Dichtiv nochal. Well, the pasuk implies that because the zakhan with the dagim ashen nochal that we ate, right? People eat fish. Uman damar arayot, and the koytri pini that says arayot dichtiv hinam. So the word arayot, uh, the word hinam is better with the with arayot because the the, the the relationship they had, they didn't have to uh, the pay was hinam. Uh, so, but the word nochal is better with the interpretation that it is fish. So comes the Gemara and says, Ulman damar arayot. According to the opinion, this is arayot haketiv nochal. Right? It says the word that they ate nochal. So the Gemara says, Lishna ma'alyanaka. I thought I'm just saying it in a nice way. It's not going to say uh, the actual act that they did. It's saying nochal as if uh, they ate. It's a nice way of saying it. Dikhtiv. Like we have a, another pasuk. Uh, the pasuk in Mishneh, uh, the pasuk fully says, "Ken derich isha This is the way of an adulterous lady. Achla umahata piha veamira lo paalti avin. She eats, meaning she commits the avon. She 
cleans her face, which is referring to panim shel mata, and she says, I didn't do anything. So you see the word achla is a reference to arayot. So therefore, zachal with adaga asher nochal. So Kazi Gavran says, Ulmanda amad dagim, my hainam. Uh, what does it mean that when it says uh, Dagim, it was Hinnam? Which means, why does the Pasuk have to mention the word Hinnam by Dagim? Which we, could, we understand that Dagim could be Hinnam, they get free fish. But why would the Pasuk go out of its way to tell us Hinnam? Obviously, there's, uh, there's something it's teaching us. So they used to get this fish. This is not referring to the fish that the Egyptians gave us. The Egyptians didn't give anything away for free. This is referring to the Jews that they were able to get fish from Hefkir, from uh, free from public property. The Amar Mor, like it says in the statement, Kishayu Yisir Shu'avim Mayim, when the Jewish people went to the wells to draw water, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mazmin Lahem Betoch HaMayim Dagim Ketanin Bechadehem. God would bring to them uh, small little fish in their uh, in their uh, jugs. So they, that was the free fish they were talking about. According to the opinion that says Dagim, we understand. Aval Arayot, but according to the opinion that says Arayot, lo peritzibehu, which means uh, we know that the Jewish people in Egypt they were not peritzim. They were not uh, uh, um, uh, uh, involved in uh, promiscuity. Why do we know? Hainu dichti, because it says the pasuk at Shira Shidim, Gan Naul Achoti Chala, which means Achoti Chala, my sister, meaning regarding Christ, Gan Naul, they were locked, which means they did not open themselves up in Ta'arayot. Like the pasuk at the end says, Ma'ayan Hatum, it was a wellspring that was sealed. So therefore, what do you tell me? They were involved in Ta'arayot. Ela. Which means, again, let's read again. According to the opinion, it says Dagim is good. Why? But they weren't involved in because the Pazuk says Gad Naul. That's why it makes more sense to say the Pazuk is referring to fish because Arayot they weren't involved in. But according to the opinion, it says How do you explain the fact that it says in the Pazuk that their, uh, their spring was sealed? So the Gibran says, Mehanach de Asirim. Which means, you're right, on the stuff that was Asur, they kept away from. They were just complaining on the original Heter that they had in Egypt that changed after they got the Torah. So really they were uh, Hatum, that was Asur. They weren't asking to do things that were forbidden. They were just asking to go back to the original relatives, for example, that were permissible. As she says, Hanach de Asurim, on the right column, Otan shayun esarot lebnei Noah, right? To those that became forbidden to bnei Noah, kegon anak namim esanedin. Erva shebetin shisem mimitin aleha ben Noah musad aleha ben bachua anosafot. They were crying on the added restrictions of arayot that the Torah gave. Vishlama lemandavar arayot. The court opinion that says arayot. Haynu dichtiv vayishma Moshe tam bochel lemishpechotav. After he gave the Torah, you heard the, the nation crying. For their families, what does it mean? The mishpechotav, al eskem mishpechotav. They were crying regarding now the new family unions that are permissible. Shne esludaim, right? And now became forbidden lishkav Islam to to have uh, relations. So that the basuk bochel the mishpechotav makes sense. They were crying regarding the parayot. Uh, Lemanda ma dagim my bochel the mishpechotav. 
if they were complaining about fish, what does it mean they were crying about their family matters? What does family matters got to do with the fish? So the Gemara says, According to that opinion, both things were issues. One pasuk is referring to the fish, and this pasuk is referring to Hanayot. Actually, they were crying about both situations. Comes the Gemara and continues. Now we start to talk about the, uh, again, the continuing of the complaints of B'nai Israel. They said, Eta kishu'in, right? We remember the uh, kishu'in that we would like to squash. The Eta batihin, and we remember the watermelons that we used to eat in Egypt. So Gibra says, Rabbi Abib Rabbi Yasei, Hadamar. One opinion says, Tam kol aminim ta'amu beman. Yes, anything you wanted to taste, when you tasted the man, you had. But these five species that are written in the Pasuk, because the Pasuk actually says, forget the whole Pasuk, it says, Which means, we remember the, the uh, squash, the watermelon, how did you explain Hatsir? There's Hatsir there. There's also like a scallion on Bet Salim, it'd be like an onion, and shouldn't be garlic. Leeks, onion. Okay, leeks, exactly. So, therefore, the point is the question of the Gemara is what do you mean? They had the man. I thought the man tastes like everything. So, I mean, they remember uh, everything they had. So, the Gemara says, you're right, the man tasted like everything except these five items. Why didn't it taste like these five items? So the Rashi says, Because they're not healthy for pregnant women and ladies that are nursing. Like they usually tell the ladies, don't eat onions because of the babies. So therefore these things, in order they shouldn't even have a taba to, to, to eat something that's not healthy. So these items, oh, we remember the onions, we remember the garlic, all those stuff. The man did not help them with that. Hadamar, and one said, Tam kodaminim ta'amu. Yeah, all the items they tasted, even these five items. So what was the problem? Ta'amanu mamashan. All the other items they tasted, not only the taste, but the mamashut, meaning the consistency of the food, they tasted in the man. But here, they tasted the taste of it, but not the consistency of the substance. They were complaining they didn't take the, uh, the crunch of the, uh, of the vegetable or the uh, consistency. That's what they were complaining about. Now, the Pasu continues regarding the man. It says, So it says the man was like a Zera Gad Lavan which is a, a seed that is coriander. a coriander, that's God, Lavan, white, white coriander seed. So the Gemara says, Amar Agul Kigida, it was round like a coriander seed, Lavan Kemargalit, but it was white like a pearl. The Gemara's problem is, a coriander is not white. So how did the Pasuk say, Kizera Gad Lavan? So they're about to say, no, it's two things. It's round like a coriander and white like a pearl. That's the way that she explains it. Now, the Gebara gives another interpretation. 
Gemara says, Tanu Rabbanan actually, we'll start with a new Tanu Rabbanan, we have a Braita. God, when it says God, the man looked like a seed of flax in the Giv'olim, in its, in its capsule. That's the way they're explaining the word God. God. They're the word God comes from the word like Haggadat, uh, 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 stories. Or, uh, you know, uh, things that draw a person attention. Just like a good story draws a person's attention, so they call the man God. It's like Haggadah. Draws the person's heart like water. Tanya Idach, God, Shemagid Lahem Yisrael. God means it's telling. The man used to. Uh, Tell about and answer certain dilemmas and situations in Klai Yisrael. How? If a person was married and he got, let's say, uh, divorced. Okay, so now he married a second wife. He married a second wife within three months. So now she gave birth seven months later. So you don't know, is the baby really a nine-month baby from the first wife? Or is it a seventh month baby from the second wife? You don't know, uh, they didn't have DNA testing in those days, but they had the man. So what would happen? The next morning, the man, you got Omer uh, Lagulgolet. You got an Omer as measured for each member of the household. So if you got, when the baby was born, wherever the extra measure of man would go, if it go to the original husband, you know, it's from the first guy. If it came to, to, to the new one, so you know it's from him. So the Gabbana says, the man was, uh, it was God, it was Magid. It answered uh, questions uh, that people had. Comes the Gabbana says, another interpretation, Lavan, the reason why it's called Lavan, Shemalbin Avonotehem Shal Yisrael, it would whiten the sins of Israel. How? It caused them to make the Shuvah. They didn't know if it was coming the next day. And they only had food for one day at a time. So they were always making the Shuvah, hoping that uh, tomorrow's man will fall. Hence it's called Lavan. Okay? Comes the Gemara and continues. Uh, the Arot Devas says something interesting. The Arot Devas says that that's why the Jewish people complained about the man because they couldn't hide their sins anymore because uh, you know a person commits uh, Aravon so uh, the man already starts to to uh, you know uh, scrutinize them and uh, incriminate them so therefore that's the reason why they complained about the man itself regarding the uh, subject of the man itself in this case over that it was answering a question if it was a seven-month baby of the second husband or a nine-month of the first husband. So the Mepharshim is over here that we have a general rule that when it comes to halakha, lo that the shamayim cannot render halachic decisions in halakha. So the Chaurah over here, the man, which is a, a Shamayim sort of betim, that's making the, uh, the ruling. So the Mepharshim answer that Moshe Rabbeinu made the ruling. The man was just to fortify Moshe's ruling, which is Moshe Rabbeinu would say, this is from the first husband. 
And so the people would say, you know, who, who told you? Moshe Rabbeinu would know it according to his rulings of Halakhah. The man just came as a support to the ruling of Moshe. The Marit Shayyud gives a different answer. Marit Shayyud says, no, this is not a halakhic ruling. Which means halakhot, no halakhot, we just need to know what the, what the facts are. So therefore, to understand facts, that's already the man is able to uh, decide. Uh, we said that the man tasted like everything except for those five... Uh, Five vegetables. So the Gilyonea Shas has a question. What if you thought of, let's say, Hazir? Did the man taste like not kosher? So the Petah Enayim wants to say, yes, it did indeed. Ah, oh, what do you mean? How could that happen? So he explains from a Gemara Hulin, where one of the rabbi's wives, Yalta, her name was, she asked her husband, she wants to taste something that has the same taste as Hazir. So Rabbi Ahman went, and he made for a certain fish, that the brain of that fish has the same taste as Hazir. So you see, there's no Isur in tasting the taste of Hazir. So this is not Hazir, so for the man, it wasn't really Hazir, it just had the uh, taste. So there's a very interesting Kiddushat Leviyah as well. If the man tasted like everything, why did the Jewish people complain for basar? Just, just think of basar, and uh, it'll, uh, you know, uh, the mahamul tastes like it. So the uh, kiddushat Levi says that only foods that they knew. This is his theory. Only foods that they knew already. For example, the foods that they ate in Egypt. That's what the man tastes like. Right? That's obvious. They, they can't dream of food that they don't know its taste. So. Th- Actually, it is a somewhat of a hadush. They had to taste it once in order for the man to taste like that food. Now, when they got the Torah, they received all the laws of koshering meat. Now, koshering meat is with salt and the whole process. They never tasted meat like that with the salt of the koshering. So therefore, they were coming along and saying, we want to have meat, which means we want to taste what kosher meat tastes like. And don't tell me that we can uh, think about it and have man kosher meat, because... We never tasted it yet. So that was the complaint. They wanted to taste what kosher meat tastes like after Matan Torah. Comes again, Maran continues. Tanya. Rabbi Yosei Omer. Keshev shanavi ayam agit dayim li Yisrael mashu becholim mashu mistakin. And just like the Nevi'im, they would be able to tell a person what's in his nooks and crannies, not only in his house, but in his... In his life, they were able to, you know, give full uh, disclosure to people exactly to their questions. So to the man also would be able to resolve issues that were in the nooks and crannies of the lives of Christ Israel. Two guys come in front of Moshe Rabbeinu for a judgment. One guy says, you stole my uh, servant, you stole my maid. He said, what are you talking about? You sold it to me. Uh, has Moshe Rabbeinu decide this? Amalei Moshe, so Moshe Rabbeinu would tell them, Dino leboker mishpat. Wait uh, for your judgment tomorrow morning. Lemachad, the next morning, im nimsa omro bebet rabo. If you find the omer, meaning the measure of man, bebet rabo in his original master's house, rishon, the original one, biyadu ashezegin avo. Then you know the other guy stole it because the man is still appearing in the original guy's house, master. In nimsa omro bevet sheni. If the man surfaces in the second guy's house, 
Then you know, indeed, the servant was sold. A man and a wife come in front of Moshe Rabbeinu for a judgment. He comes along and says, My wife was unfaithful. And she says the same thing, He's unfaithful to me. Wait till the morning for your judgment. If the lady's Omer comes to her house where her husband is living, which means that's already Yadua that he was. Uh, Right. If the uh, Omer, the next morning, surfaces Bebet Ba'la, then the Biyadua Shihi Sarha Alav. Then already she was unfaithful to him. Nimsa Omra Bebet Abiya. But if you see the Omer is at her father's house, Biyadua Shihu Sarah Aleha. So the Mahasha explains over here what this Gemara means. So he says, If she was unfaithful, But still he wants to keep her. Which is, but if he uh, was unfaithful, so therefore that lady is not like his wife. Since a man can divorce a lady even against his will. That's why the Mahasha wants on the other Mifarchim want to explain the Gersas the opposite. That if you find the man by the husband's house, that you know she was faithful, he wasn't. That's why she's too permissible to stay at home. If you find the man by uh, her father's house, you know that she wasn't faithful, therefore they to, she has to move back to her father's house. That's the Gilsav other Hakamim. Now again, that's why we explained that Vanessa complained about the man. Again, because it incriminated them in all their uh, private uh, actions. Comes the Gemaran continues. Comes the Gemaran continues. Uberedet Ketiv, it says. Uberedet Tatal ala Mahane Laila. It says the Tal, the dew, would rest in the camp at night. Yarad Haman Alav. And then the man would land on the dew. So there was a, a layer of dew on the ground. Uchtiv, and it says, And it says what? The people would go out and collect them. And Uchtiv, So basically the Gemara is discussing over here three, three Pesukim. One Pesuk says, It's the tal, the, the man landed where? In the actual camp. The next person says, That the camp actually had to go out and collect. And another person says, They had to actually go far out and collect. So make up, where did the man uh, fall? If you're a tzaddik, the man landed at your, uh, your doorsteps. The mediocre guys had to go out and collect. They had to go far out and collect. So based on your religion, your religious level, that's how close or far the man would land. What Pasuk says, 
lechem. One pasuk calls the man lechem. Uchtiv ogot, and one pasuk calls it ogot. Uchtiv v'tachanu. And one pasuk says they grounded it. Lechem sounds like a finished product. Bread, baked already, it's cooked. Ogot sounds like it's dough. Tachanu sounds like it's actual uh, kernels. We have to grind them. Make up your mind. How did the man fall? Tzadikim, the man came down, ready baked. Benonim, ogot. The mediocre guys, it came down like ogot. It wasn't baked yet. Rishayim, tachanu, barichayim. Rishayim, they actually had to grind it. Continues, Some people, they needed to take the man, seemingly, and put in a grinder. Dachu b'medokha. So the Gebara says, usually a medocha, you put um, spices in the medocha, in a type of grinder called the medocha. With the man came down besamim, perfume, spices for the ladies. Why? Because it says that they uh, also grounded it in the grinder. You don't put the man in the medocha, you put besanim in the medocha. So you see, with the man came down a lot of other uh, perks with it, including besamim. Ubishelo beparur. It says they used to cook the uh, man in a parur, in a, in a pot. Amar v'chama melamed shi'aran lem nisrael ima man tzike kedera. Tzike kedera is the tevelim, the spices. So not only did the man come down alone, but it came down with some spices, which means that they put in the kedera, they put in the uh, pot in order to spice up the food. Tzike kedera. Now she says, Tevalin tafshil arev umibusam to give the uh, food a uh, flavor. And it says the Nisim, when they were collecting for the Mishkan, they brought their donations, the Nisim, the presidents, Baboker Baboker, early in the morning. My Baboker Baboker, really they brought it early in the morning. They brought their donations from an item that fell on the camp early in the morning. With the man came down all types of precious stones and pearls. So the Nisi'im, the donation was from the stuff that fell from the Shamaim, the pearls and the jewels, so they gave it to the Mishkan. It says the Nisi'im, which literally means the presence, they brought the certain stones called Abne Shu'am. Tana, Nisi'im Mamash. Some say the word Nisi'im refers to clouds. The clouds brought the donation. How do you know the word Nisi'im means clouds? You have clouds and wind, but there's no rain. The point is, yes, the clouds brought the donation, because they, where did these Abarim Tobot fall from? The Avneshoam, the stones of the, of the Kohen that he wore. Where did these precious stones come from? So yeah, it came from the clouds. Which, with the man, these stones came raining down from heaven. And the Gemara continues... The taste of the man was with the Torah called Lishad Shaman, Shad of oil. So the Gemara says the word Shad comes from the word Shed, or uh, Shadayim, I should say. Shadayim is the breast of a lady. Just like the Shad Zed, the breast of the lady. Tinok Toremba. Right? As long as the, the, the baby nurses, whenever the mother eats, the milk takes on that taste. So therefore the baby tastes different tastes. So to when they eat the man, it has different tastes. Some say, No, a shed is a demon. 
What's the matter with a demon? He's like a shed. He can change his appearance to different uh, things. Like he can change his uh, his appearance, like we said. Sotunaman can change to different tastes. Comes the Gemaran says, when the Jewish people complained about the menu, right? They were complaining about the man and they said the they want the basar. Right? It should just be pointed out over here, there's an interesting Hidah that we should mention. The Hidah says over here, if Pnei Se'er, whatever they tasted in the man, it came, it came true, why did God tell them on Erev Shabbat, bake whatever you want to bake, and cook whatever you want to cook? They don't have to cook or bake the man, they just have to think whatever they want, and that's what it is. So the Hidah says a, a big Hidush. He says, since the man would change according to the Mahshaba, if they wanted baked food, it would taste like baked. He says, that would be Yisud on Shabbat already for them. The thought we considered mitakin, because they were changing the man, so therefore they would have to actually think before Shabbat. That's why Rabbi Haidah wants to explain. And anyway, the Gibbara comes along and says, Moshe, Moshe says, God's going to give you meat in the evening to eat. He's going to give you the bread in the morning to be satiated. The Jewish people asked meat. They were wrong. There was no reason why they should have asked meat because they had enough meat from their own animals. So why did they have to ask for meat? They were wrong. So God gave it to them at the wrong time, which means God gave it to them at night. At night, there's not enough time for them to prepare it and eat it properly. So you ask the wrong way, God gave it to them at the wrong time. But the bread that they asked correctly, which means bread is a staple, they were right for asking for bread. So God gave it to them at the right time, in the morning, in the day, in order for them to eat it. As she says, Right, that there's enough time for them to prepare it. Mashiach, the meat at night is not enough time to prepare it. Mikan, the meat, limda Torah derech eretz. For me, the Torah teaches us a derech eretz. Shelo yochal adam basad ela balayla. That a person should not eat meat only at night. What do you see? This on the contrary, you see from the Gemara that God gave it to them at night, which sounds like it's the wrong time. So the Mefarshim explained that now. God should have given it to them the right time to give it to them was a little before the night so they can prepare it and then eat it at night but God gave it to them at night so they didn't have enough time to prepare but you see over here the right time for eating meat is at the night comes the Gemara and says what do you mean we learned yesterday in the Gemara the name of Abaye a person has a sauda lo bimama which means you should only eat it in the day which is you should eat it by day now you tell me that you should eat at night we didn't mean actually day. We meant like the day, meaning you should eat your meals in light. Because we said yesterday that a blind man who can't see his food, so therefore when he said eat it in the day, it didn't mean actually the day. But you could take a torch at night and also eat it the same uh, same concept. Originally the Jewish people... Uh, before they got the uh, man, they were like tanigolim, uh, chickens that peck away in the garbage all day long, meaning looking for uh, food. came and he set for them a time of seudah. She says, which means they ate 
the bread in the day and the meat at night, and then became uh, regimented in the time of when they have their seudah. Comes again when I continues. Regarding the meat, when they complained for the meat, God punished them. Right? There was a plague that came out and the Jewish people uh, died. So comes again with us, which means the meat was still in their teeth and the plague came down and punished the people. So comes in the next person, says that they had the meat for 30 days. Well, make up your mind. Did it happen immediately when it was in their teeth or did it happen in 30 days? Hakets at Benonim the Altar. The mediocre guys had a, a, we'll call it an easier death. The moment the meat was within their teeth, they died. Metu, they died. Rishaim, it's ta'arim, ve'olchin av'chodesh yamim. The Rishaim, they had a prolonged death, it took them one month. Vayishtechu. We have a pasuk over here regarding the Slav. Okay, the pasuk says that when the uh, nation uh, got up, and they saw the Slav, the Slav was the quail, that was the meat that God sent. So the pasuk says, vayishtechu lahem shatawah. Which literally means it was scattered out, spread out throughout the camp. So comes the Gemaran says, "Vayishtehu amalash takish atikle vayishtehu." Don't read it as if it was spread out. Ella vayishhatu. Vayishhatu meaning they had to slaughter the quail. Quail is like a bird. Melamechet hayibusun emshi Israel shehita. Oh, the shehita was not referring to the birds. But Am Yisrael was Hayav Shaita because they complained about the uh, food. Shatoah. Tana Mishrit Rabbi Yosho Mikurcha. Atikle Shatoah. It also says the word Shatoah. Ela Shachot. That what? They had to slaughter. Melamed Shiarad Lem Yisrael Imaman. Tavan Shitaun Shaita. That with the man came down the quail, which was an item that they needed to slaughter. Amar Rabbi Vichimikarat Alamed. Well, do I need, I, I learned it from this person that didn't slaughter the quail? I know you have to slaughter the quail already. How? Hello, Kivan Emar. Bayemter alehem ke'afar she'er v'chachol of kanaf. Which is, I know that it came down in of kanaf, like a bird. The quail is like a bird. V'tanya rabbi omer v'zabachta k'ashir s'viticha. The Torah says, when he gave the Torah, you have to slaughter like I commanded you. M'lamech n'stabe Moshe'a ala v'chet v'lakaneh. Which means, Moshe Rabbeinu was commanded that when you slaughter an animal, you have to slaughter the two simanim. The veshet is the, uh, the trachea, the kane, let's say, is the, uh, uh, the esophagus, exactly. Al-rov echad ba'of, and you have to slaughter one siman when it comes to the birds. Ba'orov shenayim be'behemah, you have to slaughter the majority of two signs, the kane and the veshet, when it comes to a behemah. Which means, I don't, you don't have to tell me that they slaughtered the quail. We know already the pasuk of Ezabachta. You have to slaughter all the laws of Shaita were given. So what does it mean? Shatawa must not be teaching me the law of Shaita. It came down mashtihin mashtihin. How do you explain that? Spread out, spread out. Layers, 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 layers. So the slab actually was like. Layers of this uh, type of uh, quail. Ketiv lechem. Right, it says by the man lechem. Uchtiv shemen. One pasuk calls it like the taste of oil. Uchtiv devash. And another pasuk refers to the man as its taste is like honey. Kesapihit bedvash, like a honey cake. So the Gemara says, Amar Yeah, to the young men, that need sustenance. The man was like for them bread. 
The zikinim that to them is beneficial oil, shemen. The tinokot for the babies, dvash, ketiv, selav. Now the word selav can be read in the Torah, shelav, like with a sheen. The karinan selav, but we read it, selav. Again, this is the quail. Amar bi aninat, sadikim, okrinoto bishalva. Yet the sadikim, it was shlav, it was shalva, it was peaceful, the eating. That she says it was to them like thorns, which means it either was a shelav for the tzaddikim or a selav thorny for the neshaim. There's four types of slav. Veluin, sikli, kibli, pisyoni, vislav. Those are the four types of quail. Sikli. The best uh, type of it is the sikhli. Giri'a dekhudu, the most inferior is what? Salam. Ve'abi kitsipurta, it's like a bird. Umudbinan la betanura, how would they uh, prepare it? They put it in the oven. Ve'tafah, and it would um, would expand. Because there was so much fat. When you cook it, the fat would cause the bird to expand. Ve'abi male tanura, would actually fill the oven. Umaskinan le atlesar rifeh. You had to draw out the fat from it. You had to place it on 13 loaves of bread. Even the bottom bread, you couldn't eat it because there was so much fat that seeped through all the way to the bottom bread. Even the bottom bread, you only were able to eat it with something else. To show you how fat it was, that even it would penetrate 13 loaves of bread and the bottom bread was so fat, you couldn't eat it alone, only with something else. The rabbi would find these quails uh, every morning between the barrels of his wine. Which means, what else sent these slav to the rabbi between his barrels of wine? found these quail between his wood, uh, wood, that he had the storage of wood. Every day, Rabbi's share crop would bring from him uh, these quail. One day, his share crop did not bring. Amar, man, I salik legra. He said, oh, who's this? He heard the, a child, uh, he heard somebody go up to the roof. Shama'eli yinoka. He heard a, uh, a child, the kawa that was quoting a pasuk. Shama'ati vatirgaz bitni. I heard vatirgaz bitni and my stomach became uh, angered. Amar, shma'mine na'ch nafsheh dirav chizda. Must be that what? That Chizda died. Ubedil Rava Achil Talmida. Which means, and in the Zechut of that Chizda, his student Rava was eating. Which means, every day Rava was getting quail. Whose Zechut was it? In the Zechut of that Chizda. All of a sudden, one day it stopped coming. So he went on the roof and it said, Shamati I heard, meaning there was some bad news, but Tergaz Bitni, now my stomach is angered. He said, Ah, I see over here that it was in the Zechut of that Chizda. The rabbi. That Rabbah was enjoying the uh, the beracha. That she just tells us that Chazda Hamud Rabbah. He was not only the rabbi; he was the uh, actually the father-in-law of Rabbah. The Aban was also his rabbi. Okay. That she bedil Rabbah b'shut Rabbah ya ochel atalbid. In the zechut of Rabbah, the student was eating ketiv. Now v'tal shikvat atal. Right? It says. Which means at night, the dew would come on the ground, and the man would rest on the dew. 
But another person means the tal would go on the man. So make up your mind, was the do under the man or was it over the man? Amar. Let's read the dew was spread out over the midbar. Okay, so I said I said it reverse. The dew rose in the morning when the sun comes out. The dew that was on top of the man rose up and the man now became revealed. So from the word batal as much as the dew was on top. the dew came down at night. So therefore make up your mind, you had dew on the ground and it's as much as you had dew on top of the man. Yeah, the dew was covering the man on both sides. And it was like the man was in a box. Meaning it was wrapped, wrapped in towels, so it wouldn't touch the dirt, and it would be protected on top. That's where we get to Minhag on Shabbat, incidentally. But we have two coverings for the bread. We put the bread of the Shabbat on a board, and then we cover the board. So therefore it's covered from the bottom and it's also covered from the top just like the man. Dak mechuspas. The Torah calls the man dak. It was thin mechuspas like a cracker. Amarish nakish. The word mechuspas. Davar shinimowa halpisat hayad. Mechuspas is like a nutrikun. Mechuspas shinimowa halpisat hayad. It's very soft. That would uh, just uh, melt in a person's hand. That was the consistency of the man. The man would actually be absorbed in the 248 limbs of a body, meaning there was no waste. So the Gemara, and the Gemara wants to say, that's the gematria of the word mechuspas, 248. So the Gemara, what do you mean mechuspas? Meaning mechuspas is more than 248. Meaning it's missing without a vav. If you take away the vav of mechuspas, it exactly equals 248. It teaches me that the man was actually swallowed and absorbed into the 248 limbs of the people of the body. David Amelik, when he refers to the man, he says it was the bread of abirim. What's abirim? Lechem shemalachia shiret ochlin oto. It was the bread that the angels eat. Abirim is referring to the angels. David Rabbi Akiva. That's what Rabbi Akiva said. When Rabbi Ishmael heard this derasha, Go tell Akiva, Akiva, ta'ita. You made a mistake. Wait, you think the angels eat bread? Moshelebin went up to the heavens for 40 days. He didn't eat. That means what? He was like an angel. Now you're coming along and tell me that the angels uh, eat? Elamari became abirim. Oh, so why does the Torah call it abirim? El abirim is from the Lashon Evarim. Limbs. It's bread that was absorbed into the 248 limbs of the people's body. There was no waste. What do I mean? The Pasuk says, The Torah says that with your uh, ammunition, the Torah says, you have to have a yatid. A yatid is a spade. Why? So when you're in the war and you have to relieve yourself, you'll be able to dig a hole, relieve yourself, and cover it. So you see what in the Midbar, they did relieve themselves. Are you telling me over here that uh, the man was absorbed? 
Yes. The stuff that they bought from the tagari, uh, from the uh, from the vendors on the road, that food there was waste. On the man there was no waste. As the Jewish people were traveling, there were vendors on the road selling their stuff, so they bought food from them. That food actually had waste. Rabbi Yehazim bin Parta Omer Aftevarim Shetagare Umot Aulam Uchrim Naim Even the stuff that they bought from the vendors on the road Man Mefigan The man would cause it to get absorbed and become uh, 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 melted in the bones Elamani Mekayim Beyatet Yelchal Azanecha Oh, so what do you mean? What do I need a spade for that? If everything was absorbed in the bones, so what do you need a spade? I think the whole after the Jewish people committed the sin, which means they started to complain about the man, and they said the man is lehem akilokel, right? So the once already started to complain. Amar kadosh barakuani, amarti yuke malachel sharet. I told you you're going to be like angels, meaning there's not going to be any waste. You're going to eat special food. Hashab ani matria otam shalosh parsaot. Now. I'm going to trouble you that you're going to have to walk three parsaot. Three parsaot is uh, like a six thousand. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry, it's much further. It's twelve mil. Twelve mil. It's a f- very far uh, uh, distance. So the Gemara says, "How do you have to walk uh, uh, shalos parsaot?" This is distance of the entire camp. Which means what the Gemara is going to try to say is the man now started to fall outside the camp. So if a guy was in the front of the camp, he had to walk the whole distance of the camp in order to get his man. I was treating you like angels, I'm giving you the man right to your doorsteps. Now, you're going to have to go all the way out. How do we know? The Jewish people were by the Jordan. That was one of their camps. So the the Torah gives us the coordinates. It was from Betay Shimot. And the nation spanned all the way until Avel Ashitim. I saw that place. I saw those two places. And it was actually three parsaot. So it means the length of the camp was three parsaot, which is 12 mil. Each meal is 2,000 amma. So make the calculation. So the point is, if a guy was in the front, he'd have to go all the way to the back. Comes again what it says, Vetana. I'm sorry, which means like this, I, I, I take it back, I take it back. Once they started to complain about the man, now the man produced waste. And where were they able to relieve themselves? Only outside the Mahaneh. So therefore, now a guy who was in the front of the Mahaneh, the man came wherever it came, like we learned before. But now since there was waste... He, God says, you're complaining. Now I'm going to cause you trouble. So they have to walk all the way outside three mahanot, which is all to the whole mahanot in order to relieve themselves. That says, Vetana. Because the Gemara says this clearly now. Because when they would go to the bathroom, they would not relieve themselves in front, because maybe they would have to travel forwards. Uh, can't uh, travel forwards, after they relieve themselves. And they wouldn't even relieve themselves on the sides, because maybe they would travel to the sides, they would have to travel. They would they would relieve themselves behind them, because they know they weren't going backwards. So therefore, that's what we mean. They have to travel. You'd bet me they have to go three percent backwards in order to relieve them, because that was the only place that made sense. That she says, "Ela." Actually, we the one before that. Lo lefnehem v'lo lesedehem she'en yodim le'ezesad. Ananim holkim. Right? They don't know which side the clouds are going to go, forward or to the side. Ela la'achorehem. The Yudim him shall go Yahzul Ahorehim. 
And they know they're not going backwards. Ve'otam shlefnim, those that were in the front of the camp, senichin latzet lesop ha'maganeh me'ochad. We have to go all the way back to the back. Last point, v'ata nafshinu yedesha enkom. The Jewish people were regarding the man, they said, now, nafshinu yedesha, where we're dry, our, our soul is dry, we have nothing. Amru atid man zeb, shetipach, which is they were complaining and said they were worried that the man is not producing any waste. So they said, you know why? Because eventually the man is stored in our insides and they were going to explode from it. Which means they looked at it as a bad thing. Wait, there's a human being uh, eat and doesn't pr- provide waste? It must be this uh, food over here is going to cause us to explode. And that's it. And therefore the Jewish people complained, and therefore Bani Olam punished them, and caused the man, at a later point, to stop producing waste.